0: Well, good morning, LCM. Good morning. Today is December 5th, 2021. Now, the title of today's message is You People. Oh, you people. people. You people. You people. We are 26 days from completing this year and entering into 2022. It's astounding how fast this ball of dirt can make it in orbit. <laughs> While the world around us is reeling for the most recent fight with draconian lockdowns, they're delighting. They're happy right now. They're delighting to squeeze a little uh, makeup-scheduled travel into their plans. As the government continues to try, to attempt, he goes on to want to mandate, it's not working very well in Texas, more and more of our own personal lives. Speaking of, many are
1: currently enjoying the reduced mask enforcement rules. This is due to the ambiguous nature of who is and who is not vaccinated, at least until the Omicron variant then begins to justify an increased measure of lording its authority over the naive, vulnerable masses that just need big daddy government to come and protect them.
2: Coming
0: to you this January.
2: That's right. And the rest are focused on just taking it easy and riding out this pandemic from the comfort of their lazy boy. And what are they spending their time doing? Ordering from Amazon and overworking their people beyond reasonable capacity. (laughs)
3: Look, while we may have no idea what the next three years holds for our country. Nope. Our God has begun to speak to us here at LCM about the next three years For you people. Everybody say you people. You You people. people. See, our future in this ministry here, the Lord is speaking to us about these. Needless to say that the work that is before us is exciting. It is supernatural, and it's going to take a supernatural kind of people to carry it out. Church, you are just such a people. You people here have that supernatural amount of God's presence with you. You heard it testified in our worship time over and over again that he is here with you. We've been tasked with expanding a foundation that God intends to build on and to send from here in the near future.
0: Now, I know you heard Pastor Wade say it, but I want to make sure you heard it. We have no idea what is going to happen to this country in the next three years. It's an interesting topic of speculation. But what we do know is that God has a three-year investment program going on here. That he's taking two years and he's sowing in things, expanding foundations, building upon the families here, and that the third year is going to be exponential from your lives, LCM. We have an army of men in this room, an army of men that are prepared to minister. This room is filled with men who are equipped to minister, but you're being armed with an increase of supernatural power. Heaven has opened its armory to you, and you are being added to and equipped. LCM, you are making new disciples in this house right now. Look around. There's fruit all around you. You are building self-sustaining communities out of nothing. And from your homes, you are drawing the precious metals of the earth. Now, if that doesn't ring a bell for you because you've been here for five or six years... A long, long time ago, in an ancient time, (laughs) the Lord spoke to us about the precious metals of the earth being drawn in when we were in a garage ministering to drug addicts. Saints, you are fulfilled prophecy. You are replicating what was spoken to us. The precious metals of the earth are being drawn to you, and you are a foundation that is being expanded. One that God intends to build on. Build and grow and then send from. That is who you are, LCM. You are a crowning achievement before our God and you are making other crowns to give to your king.
1: Amen. Amen. Look, the Lord is even speaking to us about his desire to add to our singles a spouse. Get it? To add to
0: our singles a spouse. Even you scruffy ones. (laughs) And there's a reason for this. It's because
1: you are building a life worth adding to. And God is doing it. In addition to that, you thought our children's church was overflowing and teeming with life now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something about you people. You people haven't seen anything yet. The next few years will be an increasingly abundant harvest of generations from one end of our building all the way to the other. Come
2: on. Someone say abundant. 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 Church, if you can't tell, we are from the depths of our soul excited about the progress and the momentum that this body, you people, have gained this year. And this morning, what we want to do is praise you and exhort you for this progress. Celebrating the maturity and the fruitfulness of you people. Now, we would like to begin today in Peter's epistle. And the parallels between this congregation and the first century church that Peter was writing to are absolutely extraordinary, and you're going to see that this morning. In every way,
3: Peter's first epistle, it writes to a people who are holy and chosen by God. They are worth building upon. See, he exhorts them almost like in a holy matrimony. What it looks like to be gold, refined, and fit for the master's purpose. What it looks like to be a holy priesthood in the midst of a dark and ever darkening world. See, our God and Savior even spoke to Peter about having a revelation that the church of God would be built upon. And Peter's epistles demonstrate that this revelation was growing in him. It was not a revelation that was waning, but it was actually growing each and every day in his life. Oh,
0: come on. LCM, you were built upon that rock, that revelation. Yeah. yeah. LCM, the gates of hell have not overcome you. Amen. Oh, come on. Can I get an amen come on. for that? Amen. Hell has tried to overcome you, but it has been unsuccessful. Yeah. It has not overcome you, and it will never overcome you. We are expanding in every area in this house. Yeah. Saints, as we pick up in the fifth chapter of Peter's first epistle, we want you to tune in your ears. We want you to notice that he is addressing believers that are growing in every area, just like you are, that are growing in leadership, that are growing in their ability to oversee in every area, that are being prepped, that are being prepared to multiply what has been given. Yeah. You are a people like this. Yes. Everyone turn to 1 Peter
1: chapter 5 and say, you people, as you're turning. You, you people. people. 1 Peter 5, starting in verse 1. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Now, the first thing we want to point out in this first verse of 1 Peter 5 is the word appeal used by the NIV 2011. Hmm. It's a rather soft, if not flaccid, level of use of this term. Floppy. Other translations, like the ESV and the NASB, they use the word exhort That's here. better. Everyone say exhort. Exhort. They use the word exhort here because the Greek word for this is parakaleo. Meaning to call to the side of or another way to put it, the call to come and do exactly as the one that is leading you is doing to multiply and build upon the efforts that are being poured into you. In fact, this word implies that the raw potential is readily available and present in the audience
2: that is spoken to. Yeah. Peter being true to his namesake, he understood The foundation of this ever-expanding kingdom. Say ever-expanding. Ever-expanding. And that the people of God could and would be built upon. People like you, people like the first century church, were being called to be built upon that foundation just as Peter was. Now, speaking of the ever-expanding kingdom, we just had not one... But two miracle sons born on the exact same day. Hallelujah. That's where celebrating. You people even give birth in teams. (laughs) Synchronize. And I want you to hear the testimony and brevity of what it took for these sons of God to be born to the earth. Jedediah, Ittai, the Dang, the man of God. That's a good name. You know, it was 14 years in the waiting for the Dangs to have a son. Yeah. Mm. And the Dangs have been faithful to watch that promise come about. And we witnessed it here today in our presence. Yes. yes. And we had Elisha, Ephraim, Ergena, fruit of faithfulness. Over nine miscarriages. But their endurance and their steadfast walk has allowed them to add not one son to their quiver, but now two sons. Now, that's worth celebrating. I also would like to say that December 2nd was the day that the sons of God walked the earth. It was also the birthday of C.T. Studd. It's just a special day, and I know those men of God are going to go so much further than the man that was C.T. Stud that we hold in esteem today.
3: Come on, you can tell that we are really family because you should be as excited as we are about someone else seeing the promises fulfilled in their life. See, that's when you know. The gates of hell may be trying to prevail, but they will not prevail against us. We are still here. God is moving, and he is causing us to grow. Look at what 1 Peter 5 and verse 2 says. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Come on. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Now, church, you know this, but when you read, Be shepherds, realize that every one of you in this room, that every one of you, are shepherding in one capacity or another. Yes. See, God has assigned a flock to you that is under your care, your watchful eye, and this passage is for you. Somebody say, this verse is for me. This, this verse is, is for me. me. See, you have proven your willingness. You've actually proven it in your actions that those that have been assigned to you, they're not a burden to you, that you've actually been able to serve them with joy. Yeah. You willingly give of your finances in this house. Come on, you willingly man. sacrifice day and night for the kingdom's call. You willingly labor for what God has entrusted to you, the precious nature of what he's given in this place. In all of this willingness, it proves that you are as God wants you to be. Amen. As God wants you to be. This is the way that you are walking now. Is in a way that he always intended for you to do. And you're living it right now. Somebody say right now. Right now. Not only are you willing. But you're actually eager to serve. It's like you Amen. took your willingness and you add zeal to it. And then you took the willingness and the zeal and you added some joy and some gratefulness Come to on. it. And it produces this eagerness in you to serve. That is a precious time and a powerful marker of what you are.
0: Yeah. Now I understand. You didn't respond immediately because you were not normally comfortable with your pastor saying as he wants you to be. As in that God is proud of your current condition. That he has found you pleasing in his sight. We preach and we preach about the need to grow. Church, you are a body that grows by default. By definition. Growth is implied. It is guaranteed because that is the kind of people you are. But we need to take heart this morning. What God is highlighting is that 14-year promises are coming to pass. That these are the seasons, the days, which God will build upon a house that he has found pleasing in his sight. Amen. Somebody say I'm pleasing.
3: I'm pleasing.
0: Verse 3 goes on to say. Not lording it over those entrusted to you. Not lording it like the big daddy Brandon administration. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not like megachurch pastors that are only interested in uh, fleecing the sheep. Or getting what they want from an individual. You LCM. You have been examples to the flock. Amen, Guys your lives have become an example to the flock that is in this room. You're inspiring each other on a daily basis. We're watching you minister on entirely new levels. You're reaching out. Your homes are getting stronger. As couples, you're ministering to other couples. It is elevating and growing in here. Man, we've always preached a sacrificial message. We've always lived a sacrificial life. But we are watching you rise to new heights of sacrifice that are eager, that are willing, that are entirely on your own and not because someone else is pushing you. It's rising from within you, LCM. You are increasing in an exponential fashion. Now, every one of you are strengthening those around you, shepherding and inspiring. But we want to tell you this morning, you are examples to the flock at large, LCM. Your brothers all around are watching to see what you do here in this house. They're watching to see what you do, and they want to strive to emulate it in every way. They are fighting to replicate your lives. Amen. Amen.
1: We are so excited to see how you guys are growing so much and being an example to the flock here Amen. and the flock at large. Look at verse 4 and see how this continues. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Look, saints... Every man and woman in this house, you people, have grown significantly and are continuing to expand, grow, and increase in your ability to oversee the affairs in the kingdom of God. We are all being shepherded by the same chief shepherd who has in store for us an eternal crown of glory. It does not tarnish, it cannot diminish, and it will forever
0: be a sign of his work in our lives. Now, I know you've heard the term you people, and it means a lot of different things to different people. When we say you people, we mean a odd, strange amalgamation of different nationalities, ages, cultures, but that are crowned with the glory of God Amen. in a way that makes you distinct from your relatives, distinct in your workplace, distinct everywhere that you go, because you people are crowned with something eternal that does not diminish.
2: There is a distinction between the world and the lives that are in this building. You guys want to go to verse 5? Come on. Listen to verse 5. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Amen. All of you, or all y'all, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Church, the truth is, you have. Submitted to your elders in this house. And you have learned from men like Elder Bosch.
1: Elder yeah. Bosch.
2: You've learned from him that Proverbs 15:33 teaches us that humility grows alongside honor. Come on. Yeah. I'm going to read that again because it is so good. Humility grows alongside honor. And men such as this find favor from God.
0: Yeah.
2: Men and women. Like you people, you church are favored. Say I'm favored. I'm favored. You people are favored by the almighty. Look what verse six goes on to say. Verse six says, humble
3: yourselves. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. This idea of being able to humble yourself and start looking and living in, in a team, in unity, in households where you're yielding what you think so that you can get better. That is a sign that you have humbled yourself. You're listening to the word, you're filtering everything through the word and the spirit. You are humbling yourself. You have humbled yourself under God's mighty hand. And you know what that means? It's it's that time. Now is the time. Because you've humbled yourself. Under his hand, he is lifting you up. He is lifting this church up. That is what's happening. He's lifting you up because it is now due time because you've humbled yourself. Keith Phillips, can you
0: say due time for me? It is due time. God's mighty right hand is lifting you, LCM. We can see it at work in you. That is an extraordinary feat. There is no more powerful force or entity on the planet that is currently at work in you because he has deemed it due time. Verse 7 is an interesting one. You may recognize it. Cast all your anxiety on him. I love that the fact that Peter De- right out acknowledges that there is anxiety, but he tells us what to do with it. Amen. To cast it upon him. LCM, our recent sermons in your Practice in those sermons has demonstrated that you've learned to swat those scuvalon flies, that you're smacking them down and they have no effect on you any longer. You've learned to return to sender every unwanted, unsolicited thought from the gates of uh, San Francisco. (laughs) No, we meant the gates of Washington. The gates of hell have no hold on a people like You. Amen. Let me tell you something about you
1: people again. You people know what it is to be in a holy struggle. You know what it's like to be in the fight for your life, for your children, for your marriage, for the very standards of the word of God. And more than that, you people know what it takes to lay your very life on the line to see your brothers succeed in this church body and for the church body at large.
2: Amen. Now, you know that I may not love all animals. But I certainly love you people and I love this church. <laughs> That's because John 15:13 says that greater love has none than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. LCM, I can attest by my own experience and what I have seen in your life that you have this kind of greatest love. Yeah. Church. Like the Apostle Paul in 2
3: Corinthians 12 and verse 9, you have learned what it is like to have his grace become sufficient for you. His power has been made perfect in your inward weakness and your outward weak circumstances. Everybody say weak circumstances.
2: Weak circumstances. See,
3: you have learned to gladly boast of what God is doing in the difficulties. Not trying to escape, but in those difficulties, you're seeing what kind of power that he causes to rest upon you. Isn't that right, Robinson family? It's in the yes. midst of it that you're seeing his power be ever made present and ever perfected in you. It's what's going on around you. You've not stopped doing the work. You've allowed his power to be perfected in your weak circumstances. Come on. Uh, you guys, like Father Abraham,
0: have been able to face the facts... That your body is as good as dead. That your circumstances are difficult and dark. Our days are getting darker and you have clenched with that reality. Yet, in hope, you have believed. And you have not been snuffed out. We're watching you come alive as the world around gets more difficult. As hardship comes upon your families, you're burning brighter. You're not naive. You face the fact and still have hope.
1: Amen. To a people such as you. You people, you Peter people. goes on into verse eight. It says, be alert in a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. <laughs> Church, you are a group of men and women who are alert and possess a sober mind. Amen. You are aware of the enemy's schemes and tactics and you have sounded the alarm, exposing the lies Woo! of the enemy and giving us all awareness to defend what God has given us.
2: Come on, church. Are you still with us? Yes. Come on. We're making the enemy look like a fool. <laughs> church, you like father Abraham hold the shield of faith and together say together. 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 We have formed a shield wall. We've sealed every breach and have left him no opportunity to devour what is rightfully ours in this house come on man we
3: love this church because Amen. you stand shoulder to shoulder in trial and in triumph see we don't have to retrodate or reminisce or reinvent past victories because our great exploits are occurring every day in this house yes, yes. You don't have to go back 20 years to figure out the last time that God spoke to you. You could probably go back 20 minutes and remember that because that is what God is doing. See, no more than 24 hours goes by without a new extravagant uh, embarrassment for our enemy and yet a mighty glory unto our God.
0: George, is this not evident? I mean, come on, get with us for just a moment. This is the reality. It is exemplified in you. You are walking in supernatural testimonies. Look, we have some that are in the making in this room. Abraham and Eve are going to be doing ministry across the world. Amen. Amen. And they will be reminiscing about when they stood in a great contest of faith here at LCM. Guys. Our Lord is not leaving you unprepared for the days of head right now. He's giving you supernatural testimony. Your home meetings are producing new revelation. They're producing tighter bonds. They're producing fellowship that is above and beyond what we've seen in Amen. the past. There are dinners happening in homes in this church on a weekly basis that are transforming 20-year problems, renewing them, and strengthening couples together. We are watching this body be knit together closer and closer. Man, we've always been a church that is centered on the Word. But we are seeing a brotherhood formed that is the vast majority that are standing on the Word in every conversation. We're watching young men like Nick Rosales... That when he came here, man, he didn't know a whole lot about the word. But at this point in his life, he's competent. He's able to teach, able to instruct. We are building a kingdom and an army in this house. That's not even mentioning the supernatural testimonies through children that we are accruing, gaining, stockpiling. We're waiting for another one through the Robinsons because that young man will preach the gospel. Amen. Words from the heavens in our prison prayer time in the mornings are co-witnessing the details of the actual sermon. When you weren't involved in it, nobody told you anything. You just prayed and shared what you felt like the Spirit was giving you. LCM, you are a body that is tapped into the Spirit and has availability of all power. This is a body that God has chosen to build upon and add to.
1: Hallelujah. Hey, speaking of building on and adding to, I can't help but think of Jared. I'm watching a man grow in his knowledge and understanding of the word, getting the skill to rightfully judge between soul and spirit. And he is going to equip men and women of God with a greater understanding that's birthed out of a true revelation from his word. word. Church, we want to tell you that you, like Peter, understand what the prophet said in 2 Kings 17, 26. Namely, that men who have, understand, and practice the word are not subject to devouring lions. Not at all. You know what it is to stand in the center of his will while his enemies are prowling around. You are a people that are un that they are
2: unable to devour because your foundation is the word. Come on, he's been unable to devour us or conquer us. How do we know? Because we started at the bottom and now we're here. (laughs) And that's where celebrating the greatness of our God. Come on, someone say hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to verse nine. Resist him. Say resist. Resist. Standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And the God of all grace, all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong. Say strong. 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 Firm. Say firm. Firm. And steadfast. Say steadfast. Steadfast. And to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Church, you have resisted him and you are standing firm. Someone yes. say hallelujah. 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 You are sharing in the sufferings of the saints. Say hallelujah. 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 You're going to help me out with this, right? Yeah. You have been made strong, firm, and steadfast. Hallelujah. Yeah, there we go. In that suffering, you have been restored, remade, and revived. Hallelujah. You, like Peter... You are that first century church. Hallelujah. There we go. So, as Colossians 1 says, you are in an ongoing and ever increasing manner. You are being strengthened with all power. Come
1: on, amen. Amen.
2: Oh, you're still with us. Come on, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. At this point, church, we want to show you a slide
3: to help you to grasp the breadth of what God has accomplished in you. Already done, already provable in you. First Peter 5 talks about a people. It describes a people exactly like you people. That you've been an appointed by the king of kings to oversee his ministry in this church. This is what Peter was speaking about and we see it reflected in you. You have demonstrated your willingness and eagerness to voluntarily sacrifice for the benefit of of everyone around you. We see this in you people. Somebody
0: say you people. You people. You people are examples to the flock of God. And your watchful care causes the larger flock, the larger body of Christ, to prosper as a result of you. We live in a day where Big Daddy Brandon is taking every opportunity to lord his authority over anyone that he can. The sad reality is that the modern church world Hasn't been any better. They followed in the way of the Gentiles. But you, you people have learned what it is to be watchful, patient examples that others can emulate. And you are filled with the power of God that can be replicated. Amen.
1: You are faithful as the chief shepherd is. Your submission and reverence to authority has caused you to be blessed. Your humility has abounded. And you know what? So will your honor. You are participators in the same kind of sufferings that the body of Christ has always endured for the name of their king. Amen.
2: Church, you are the eternal crown, and there is eternal glory in store for you people. It's Guaranteed. Amen. This house has been made strong. Say strong. 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 Firm. Say firm. Firm. And steadfast.
3: Steadfast
2: Church, we started out
3: by telling you that Peter and the people he was writing to have extraordinary parallels to you people, and you can see exactly what we were meaning. You might be surprised to find out that Peter's epistle and our most recent area of study have a, uh, a common understanding, a common text. It's our absolute treasure to find that 1 Peter 5 is inspired by and builds upon the book of Nehemiah with particular emphasis on the fifth chapter of Nehemiah. So 1 Peter 5 and Nehemiah 5 have incredible parallels. Would you like to see the connection between 1 Peter 5 and Nehemiah 5?
0: We know that you guys remember. Nehemiah was in the palace of the king at the beginning of of Nehemiah. You guys remember that? He was in the palace of the king with a comfortable and cushy job, you know, cupbearer. But something (laughs) stirred in his heart. When he saw the condition of the people, in response to what he saw, he was moved from his cushy, comfortable job to be a willing offering for the sake of the people. Something was stirred up on his heart in him that made him want to offer his services on behalf of the sheep that he saw. He left the palace under the directive of an earthly king. He got his permission. But guys, you know, certainly, the heavenly king ordained that moment. He went to Jerusalem to build up the people. But in that endeavor, he also found unjust leaders in Jerusalem who were lording their authority over the people just like Big Daddy Brandon or your average home group leader at a megachurch. Men who were only interested in their own self-exaltation at the expense of others. And Nehemiah was not having any of it. Where we picking up in Nehemiah 5, he has already
1: taken to task those leaders who should have built up the flock. And now he is raising up a holy generation of righteous Amen. leaders, overseers, and a people who could be built up into the city
0: of God just the way the chief shepherd had always intended it to be. Man, that sounds exactly like some people in this room. Ah, it's our sounds congregation like, as well. Sounds like you people.
2: <laughs> you people. Church, turn to Nehemiah 5 and find verse 14. And as you are turning there, say, you people. You You people. people. Verse 14. Moreover, say moreover. Moreover. From the 20th year of King Artaxerxes. What a name. When I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah. Until the 32nd year, 12 years Neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor. Notice that the passage the passage says, "Appointed." If you were unaware how Nehemiah uh, started, you would have thought that he was in a position that was mandatory or that it was forced. But this could not be any further from the truth.
3: See Nehemiah proves time and time again that he was a man who was eager and willing. And he was appointed to this exact role and task. He was a man who was in contention with the ways of the world. He, like you people, would not put up with anything other than the actual standard of Christ. He was a man ruled by the fear of God. Not by the fear of some mythical pandemic plague or the vain standards of the world around him. Nehemiah was ruled only
0: by the fear of the Lord. Oh, come on just to make sure that we're on the same page. You guys remember Nehemiah offered himself willingly? Yeah. Yeah. And Nehemiah 5 says he was appointed, put in an office, as if it was assigned to him. Saints, what happens to men of God when they are willing for the work like you are, eager for the work like you are? The heavenly king appoints you to the position, the standard, and the place that he's called you to. This reminds us so much of Peter's origins in the same way that Nehemiah and you share these characteristics. Not only was he eager and willing, he was also appointed. Think about it. Peter got out of the boat. It came straight to Jesus. He left everything behind because he was willing to follow the father. He wanted it. He was eager for it. But he was also appointed by God in John 20 verse 17. It says, Jesus Tells him, feed my sheep. He was given a position that was for the benefit of the people of God around him. His willingness and eagerness were met with God's divine appointment to raise up the body and build other leaders. Church, this sounds just like you,
1: you people. it's exactly like you. As John 644 says, you were drawn by the spirit to the father. And you have willingly answered the call. You are builders of his kingdom, church. Yes. You are watchful overseers of what he has entrusted to you. Yes. You are a people upon whom he is building his kingdom. Come on. And he is delighted in what is being built inside of you. Amen. You are people that are sons of God appointed to willingly feed your father's sheep and expand the kingdom of God In every way and and thing that you do.
2: Amen. Amen. We're still in Nehemiah 5. And we're going to go to verse 15. But the earlier governors. Those preceding me. Just in case you didn't catch it. Placed a heavy burden on the people. And took 40 shekels of silver from them. In addition to the food and wine.
0: Build back better plan.
2: It's the build back better plan. From the Brandon administration. Their assistants also lorded it. Over the people. But. Out of reverence for God, I did not act like them. What's happening in this passage? Well, the earlier governors were those whose greed and their self-promotion caused them to burden the people instead of strengthening them, which they should have been doing. They used their position of power to lord it over the people.
3: See, not only did the earlier governors do this, but so did their assistants. They did the exact same thing. Literally lording their authority over the people. I believe that the Hebrew word here for uh, lording uh, is pasaki. No, it's not. I'm just, I'm just kidding. The assistant that was... I'm, I'm sorry. I got confused. That's, Strong's that's not right. number. Strong's, <laughs> Strong's number. Strong's <laughs> number. <laughs> See... See, neither these early governors nor their assistants were a people that the Lord could build upon and increase because they spent their time just lording over others.
0: Um, Nehemiah, however, was a man who feared the Lord, and it showed up in his willingness and eagerness to serve for God's people. He did this with a watchful eye, with no hint of greediness or selfish gain. His reverence before God proved he was a man who could be built on. And it's no wonder that when the Apostle Peter is writing to a body in our position, one who is poised to be added to spouses, marriages, yeah. to be built upon and expanded in every way, was inspired by the standards laid down in Nehemiah 5. He tells you what a body that is growing in every way should look like. Amen. Nehemiah
1: will go on to set the example of how we should relate to the work and body of Christ. Let's continue in verse 16. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall. All my men were assembled there for the work. We did not acquire any land. Look, in true shepherd fashion, Nehemiah led God's people to join his devotion to the work God had prescribed in an awe-inspiring and divine way. It caused his men to emulate his example, his sacrifice and eagerness. And with Nehemiah's watchful eye, he bonded the brotherhood. He took nothing for himself. So you know what they did? They took nothing for themselves, completely following his example. They were eager and willing, just as Nehemiah was, to complete God's work. So they got to work.
2: Come on, Nehemiah bonded the brotherhood. He took nothing for himself, and so they took nothing for themselves. This is who Nehemiah was. This is who Peter was. And this is who you are, church. You are a body of bold believers. Say bold. Bold. Now say, I'm bold. I am bold. bold. Now say, we are bold. We We are are bold." bold. Because you people are bold believers devoted to the work of God in this house. You are bonded in unity. And you are voluntarily, willingly, with eagerness, sacrificing for the benefit of others so they can emulate your example. The example that you set in that eagerness and that willingness. Your work is ongoing Also, Nehemiah's was. So let's go to verse 17. Are you still with us? Verse 17, furthermore. Say furthermore. 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 That's always nice. We always say, but wait, there's more. When you read furthermore, wait, because there's more. 150 Jews and officials ate at my table, as well as those who came to us from the surrounding nations. So probably more than 150 people. Each day, one ox, six choice sheep, and some chicken, some poultry. They were prepared for me. And every 10 days, an abundant supply of wine of all kinds. Say all kinds. All kinds. All kinds. kinds. In spite of all this, I never demanded the food allotted to the governor because the demands were heavy on these people.
3: Come on, are you hearing what's going on in Nehemiah's day? He's not only raising up other men. He's not taking that which is allotted to himself himself. And he's taking on the extra burden of providing for 150 people plus the uh, other officials that were coming from the surrounding nations. He's got an ever-increasing burden, but he is not taking even what could be allotted to him. Man, this sounds exactly to us like the book of Acts. It sounds like so many yeah. of Paul's writings in Corinthians and Philippians and that he would not be a burden to anyone. Rather, he was never making demands, even of things that could be have uh, been classified as allotted to him. Instead, Paul was working. He was laboring like a mother that was striving to give birth. Paul was striving so that real life would result from his sacrificial way of life. And it caused the same action in the men around him.
0: Not only does this passage in Nehemiah sound like a description of the book of Acts, it sounds like a description of your practices.
2: Yeah. Amen.
0: Consider what the men in Nehemiah's day were doing. They participated in sacrificial table fellowship together. Yeah. Does that not abound in this room? It does. Is it not increasing on a weekly basis? Men from all around were drawn to be a part of this table because he and his family were willing to put their shoulder to the communal work. And a willingness to put your shoulder to the work has made the gospel attractive in your lives.
2: Amen.
0: Goes on to say they willingly lived sacrificial lives for the benefit of one another. They willingly raised up other men to become governors, nobles, officials and taught them how to walk Rightly. Saints, this is who you are. You are a people who make others noble, who make others strong, who sacrifice for the benefit of the kingdom of God. And it is producing an all-surpassing power inside of you. Amen. Amen. Like these men in Nehemiah's day, church, your
1: devotion to the work of the Lord has produced ministry that flows from the home. And it has radiated, radiated outward blessings to everyone who comes in it, who comes in contact with it.
2: Yeah, I can attest to that because it's what happened to me. And like these men, the shalom, say shalom, shalom, the shalom in your home is so attractive that it's drawing people from all walks of life. Have you noticed we're not really the same <laughs> we're, we're from all walks of life? Some of us even speak different languages. We certainly have had different upbringings. But the shalom that is radiating from your homes has drawn people in. And that drawing is so they can experience the life-giving power that dwells within your family.
3: See, church, exactly like the man in Nehemiah's day, you're displaying eagerness, your eagerness and your willingness to sacrifice. It noticeably distinguishes you. In every area of responsibility that's given to you. That eagerness. What what makes you so happy? Why are you so filled with joy? Because we have something different. See, your eagerness is creating a distinction from all the people around you. Even from family members. Even from co-workers. Even from those that you used to hold high esteem. You realize that you are now a distinct people. And your eagerness and willingness to sacrifice and to do it joyfully is what is causing God's work to be seen in you and be made manifest through you.
0: Once again, like the men in Nehemiah's day, your consciousness of your divine appointment. Somebody say, my My divine 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 appointment. appointment. Your consciousness of this fact on a daily basis has produced an integrity in you that does not vacillate and deviate to the circumstances around You are people who know how to stand on God's word.
1: Let's continue in verse 19 and see what progresses in Nehemiah. Remember me with favor, my God. Oh, come on. Remember me with favor, my God, for all I have done for these people. Nehemiah here is calling out with confidence the eternal glory that is found in doing and completing the work of God. Yes demonstrating the surety that his shepherding of the people will produce in him and them an eternal
2: reward, an eternal crown, an everlasting remembrance before their God. Come on, as 1 Corinthians 15:58 says, LCM, your labor is not in vain. Amen Now but that work not being in vain, it is achieving for you an everlasting reward. An everlasting crown and glory that will never fade away.
3: As Revelation 14, verses 12 and 13 says that your deeds, LCM, will be remembered in eternity. The fact that Nehemiah is, it sounds like he's asking, but we see that he is rejoicing in the fact, trusting that God will remember the deeds. That is exactly what's going to go on in this house. Your great shepherd will say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. You... You, LCM, will experience the eternal glory that Peter wrote about. Yeah.
0: Chapter 6 and verse 1 of Nehemiah completes the train of thought that the apostle Peter was pulling from when he wrote the fifth chapter of his first epistle. I'm going to pick up in six one. should just be one verse down in your Bibles. When the word came to Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall... And not a gap was left in it. The conclusion of how governors should rightly act, how men of God who are learning to lead, to oversee, to build the body all around them, is that the wall was rebuilt. Yeah. Saints, in Nehemiah's day, the walls were restored, made strong, firm, and steadfast. Yeah. And the enemy could not devour those people. Come on. We'd like to show you a slide that helps remind you of what you learned from Peter's epistle. That are evident in the life and practice of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a man who
1: demonstrated these attributes. And laid down a standard for what men of God should look like. And it's who you look like. He was the example appointed by the king of kings to oversee. He was willing and eager to voluntarily sacrifice. His life was worthy of being emulated, worthy of being an example to the flock because he watched over God's people with care. He was a faithful, submissive, and humble man who could lead others. He was a participator of the same kinds of sufferings that men of God must always endure. He was remembered in the heavens and on earth because of his faithful service to God. He and his men were made strong, They were made firm. They were made steadfast
2: and they completed the wall and the work of God. Amen. And so will we. The apostle Peter knew what it was to see the church of God go from its humble origins to a persecuted class that was built into a prevalent force throughout the world. He and his brothers suffered much for the revelation they received and they carried. Right? Well, They also gained great glory by investing and building that same revelation into the lives of others. Their revelation was a revelation of a rock that could be built upon a rock like you, church. And he is building on you, adding to you, multiplying. And I can say with confidence that the gates of hell will not overcome you. Amen.
3: See, like Nehemiah. We're going to see this work completed, not a gap left in it, built on a firm foundation. Amen. See, church, we're not only building a wall, but we're actually building a temple, a living, breathing temple that will be remembered for an eternity.
0: We're going to take a look at Malachi together in the third chapter. We're going to take a look at Malachi together because it contains a prophecy, a prophecy about the people of God during the darkest hours the hours when they did not feel like the people he chose saints you feel me for a moment but nonetheless what the sovereign lord said that they were was the reality and nothing else this is malachi 3:16 then those who feared the lord talked with each other and the lord listened and heard a scroll of remembrance was written In his presence concerning those who feared or revered the Lord and honored his name.
1: Saints, like mentioned in this passage, you serve a God who listens and hears you. Your fear and reverence before God has risen to his throne room. And he's taking notice of it. Listening and hearing what you're bringing before him. And look, not just taking notice. but Did you see that in the passage? A scroll of remembrance yeah. is being written concerning your reverential fear and honor towards his name. But that's not all it says. Verse 17 says what he will do among people like you. On that day, on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession.
0: Come on. Amen. I will
1: spare them. Just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked.
2: Hallelujah.
1: Between those who serve God and those who do not.
2: Oh, he will spare his son. And church, you are his son. Amen. In the day of his wrath, you will be spared because your father has compassion on you in your faithful service. yep yeah. Your faithful service to him in the difficult and dark days that we currently live in are also currently writing a scroll of remembrance alongside men like Nehemiah, men like Peter, men of renown through the ages. The current scroll of remembrance is being written today Because of your faithful works.
3: Come on. That should give you all kind of confidence in this house. All kinds. All kinds. He has made and is making a distinction for you and through you. That not only will the wicked be able to see. But those who also call upon the name of the Lord will see and love about what you are doing. Through reverential fear of him and unbending faithfulness. You are are inspiring the remembrance in the lives of believers all around you as they continue to walk out their salvation with fear and trembling just as you are doing. Amen.
0: All right, somebody say, I'm inspiring. I'm, I'm inspiring. inspiring. Better yet, say, we are inspiring. We, we are, are inspiring. inspiring. Now, just in case you were thinking to yourself, uh, one day I'll get there. I mean, I, I, I hear you, pastors, but uh, one day I'll get there. Saints, be encouraged. Verse 17 says, on the day when I act. Church, he's among us acting today. Right now, he is acting in our midst. There is an (coughs) undeniable truth about it. Can you really look around at your brothers and sisters and say that God is not acting in our midst? I mean, maybe in a bad moment, you could say it about yourself but with sober judgment about those on your left and right who are saying it about you, he is acting in our midst. Amen. He is present among us. These things are evident in your lives. He is adding and building to your lives. Amen. We're watching men of God have responsibility added at every turn in yeah. the workplace. It's been difficult. It's stretching you, but it's because God is building on you. Yes. Hallelujah. He's adding supernatural deliverances. Testimonies of various kinds in this room. From children to houses to marriages. He is doing this. He's adding a weight of responsibility for the outcome of each other's lives. Yeah. Yeah. That you feel, that you operate in, and that you are rightly handling for your brother's sake.
2: Amen.
1: Amen. Look, I just want to want to focus on that. How much God is adding to the lives of the families and people in this church. And the reason that God is adding and entrusting more to you is because you have been living a life worthy of God, adding something to, we're watching this body increase every single day, testimonies, revelations, and maturity are abounding. In fact, the statement of Cain, that statement that he says, am I my brother's keeper? That no longer exists among you. It's no longer part of this body. You have decided to give all saints. You decided to sacrifice all, pay all, endure all, and do all that is necessary for the body of
2: Christ to succeed around you. It's true. Come on, church. For the final time, we want to show you this slide. Seven points about Nehemiah, Peter, and you. Church, you are appointed by the King of Kings to oversee. You are willing. You are even eager to voluntarily sacrifice. You are examples to the flock with watchful care. You're faithful, submissive, and humble. Yeah. Participators in the same kinds of sufferings. Guaranteed eternal glory. Yes. And you are made strong, firm, and steadfast. Yeah. Amen. You are this holy people. Amen. Amen. Church, you are the echo of the ages, the ripple effect through time that generations get to look back yes. and see and people have held nothing in reserve to follow Christ. A no holds bar kind of faith with wholehearted devotion. Again. You are the people who have come to the end of their own ambitions and you have risen to the call of Christ. Say, I have risen. I, I have risen. risen. You have risen to the call of Christ so that He can build upon you and I can say that He will build upon you. And this will result... Say the result result. is that his word is going to go out into every end of the earth. Just like this map. We have our localized area that the Lord has directed to us. But he is able to build upon this body. And his word will reach the whole world through us. Churches, we come to the balance of our time together.
3: We want to close with the words of our great king to a people just like you. It started with a question from a certain apostle named Peter who knew what it was to get out of the boat and give up everything he had ever known to follow Christ. Turn with us to Mark chapter 10, and we're going to pick it up in verse 28. Come on. Mark chapter 10 and verse 28. It says this. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied. So you're getting this exchange that's going on. Peter saying, we have left everything to follow you. And this is how Jesus, the Messiah, responds. Truly, I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Amen. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields along with persecutions. Amen. And in the age to come, eternal life. Amen.
0: Church, you like Peter have left everything to follow him. Yeah. You've left houses. You've left family members. You've left fields of employment. Some of you have even left spouses over the gospel. You are a people who knows what it is to leave everything to follow him. Church, that certainly will not go without reward. It's true. Persecutions have also come. But that is not all that our great king has in store for you. He will build upon the life that you have wholly given to him. When it is wholly his, wholly in his possession, he multiplies it a hundred times over. In this life and in the next. And that is happening in this room. Somebody say a hundred
1: times. A hundred times. We are opening your eyes this morning. And you can see that this is true in this present age. In your life. Let me give you an example. Many of you came in here for the first time lonely and disillusioned. But God has not only set you in a family, He has built you into a family. He added to you a spouse, He has added to you children, He has added to you ministry and disciples. We're going to open our eyes this morning and see what God is doing a hundred times over.
2: If we look around, the fruit is evident. Now, a majority of you, when you came into this church, when you first walked through those doors, you believed that you could never understand the word or interpret it yourself. But look around you. Now he is opening up the storehouses of heaven and bringing out old treasures as well as new revelation to your life. See,
3: many of you initially walked into this church for the first time burdened. Corrupted in your thoughts by sin's deceitfulness. But now you are free. Can somebody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. You are free and you're living a holy, godly life that is producing fruit in every area. He has given you life and he's given it to you in the most full, abundant way possible. Your very lives are testimony to this.
0: Grown men came into this house fatherless. You had an inward desire to be discipled, but had never met anyone who was willing or able to disciple you. You have now become fathers in your own right. Fathers yourselves to the men in this church and your own families. You have learned what it is to equip, to train, to disciple, to raise others up as it was done for you. You're replicating in your spiritually fruitful. Wow. Some of you came with your homes
1: that used to be in a train wreck of chaotic condition. That was not even pleasant for you to be in. But now, now your homes are a wellspring of life. All who hunger for the Lord desire to be near it and want to know more about the
3: shalom that flows and dwells within it. You are a humble people. You've been honored by your father and selected for the very work that he's given. See, he is building upon you. He is adding to you. He is expanding you because you are a faithful people. Stand with us today.
0: Saints, if you're sitting among a people like this, a holy, righteous people, that are being built upon and added to. And you can hear the Lord's inspired view of this body, but there's an area that the Holy Spirit Himself has brought to your attention in a moment of conviction. What we mean is an area that you have not quite lived up to and the Spirit is highlighting that. Now is the time to do all, to give all, to accomplish what His Spirit desires. Saints, saints, You know him. He knows you. We are the body of Christ. If his spirit is nudging you, pushing on you, saying, hey, you've not lived up in this area. Recognize you're a part of a body that is being added to. And what he's doing is for your growth and for your expansion. Do all, give all, all that he requires because that is who you are
1: look we're long past the days of a few people in the living room who have never experienced the lord you know him church and more importantly he knows you if he is your father he's causing your heart to be pricked saying to you that you must live up in the areas that we have discussed don't let anything keep you from your king in this life and certainly not from eternity
3: Church, you have been called to an exceedingly glorious inheritance. You must not allow a stunted area of growth to bar you from the kingdom building days that are ahead of us. As Peter said, you've left everything to follow him. You cannot allow something as small as fear, as shame, as embarrassment to keep you from the kingdom your father has already given to you. He has demonstrated it today, here and now. This altar is for the sons of God, for you as his sons to reckon the areas that you know have not lived up to the name that you have been given, to the name that you have received, to the life that is worthy of the call of God, to be strong, firm, and steadfast Because that's exactly what he has made you to be. Mighty God, we open up these altars now and ask that you do your mighty work. Lord, in these humble, righteous people. Lord, that your word will have the impact. Lord, to strengthen and to cause them to be steadfast in every area, even now.